Hey, what's up, family? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you all out to another live Q&A of yours truly. And for those who's their very first time, my name is Josh Rez, also known as Coach Josh. And my goal is to help you make sense of your life and help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. Basically, um, presenting to the Lord of people prepared. That's my goal. Um, but if you watch me, you after you watch this video, you're like, man, I like this guy. I like what he offers. Make sure you subscribe, hit that bell, all the good stuff. I love to have you part of my community. But for those who's always been watching, who've been watching for 12 years now, eight years, four years, or two days, that you've been a subscriber. I want to say thank you so much for being a subscriber here on my channel. It's an honor to have you a part of my community, and it's an honor to serve you all with the wisdom and the gift that God has given me. But as everyone is coming in, um, give everybody an opportunity for those who's listening on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify. I want to say thank you all so much for listening on those uh, um, um, channels. And so um, just want to say thank you all so much for being a part of my kingdom. Let's get to the chat box, see who's here. It takes a little while with my program here for people to get in. Um, so we're going to give them an opportunity to come into the live feed. And so we can find out where everybody's watching from. Um, if you're watching this later on YouTube, comment. Let me know where you're watching from. And I'd love to see um, where you guys are watching from. Jennifer, what's going on, sis? Hey, Coach, hope all is well. All is well. Mimi, what's going on? Miss K, what's going on? All is well. And so if you're watching this, go ahead and share. Get this out to as many people as you can. Um, and so we can really help those who may have some questions. Who's got the first question? Chicago in the building. Favorite one. What's going on? What's up, Vanita? Thank you for watching. Those on Facebook. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Facebook and YouTube. Who's got the first question for me? I'm ready. I know it's late. I'm going to try to get through this as quickly as possible. North Carolina in the building. You in my state. You in my state. So we can give y'all an opportunity to get y'all's fingers going. Oh, Michelle Miller's already got the first question. Oh, wrong person. There we go. Michelle Miller says, what do you do when you work in a place where people have tapped into various sources of witchcraft? How do you dish yourself uh, nicely without being obvious? Um, you just be about your business. Um, um, people are going to practice multiple things, but as long as you're not um, um, making it obvious, as long as you're not uh, forcing your belief on them, you should be good. Um, but if they're practicing witchcraft, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every time they rise up against you in the day, a judgment shall be condemned. Um, no curses or spells or hexes can, can affect you. And as long as you just go about your day, all you do is be cordial. I wouldn't go hang out with them. I wouldn't go spend time with them outside of work. So all I would do is kind of uh, modify your interactions with them and know that no weapon forms against, no weapon is formed against you shall prosper. I wouldn't allow what they're into to make you afraid because greater is he that's in you than whoever and whatever they practice outside in the world. And so I don't want this looming cloud over your head that you got to be afraid of them. No, nah, just be cordial, be nice, and just speak when you when you when when they're in your, in your vicinity and just keep it moving from there. I wouldn't get too caught up in it. What do you do when you work in a place where people have tapped into various sorts of witchcraft? Um, that's their problem. Unfortunately, they, they'll suffer the errors of their, of their beliefs. Um, but what I would do is I just want to hang outside of work with them. I wouldn't spend too much time outside of work with them. But while you at work, be cordial, be nice, be the light. That's all you got to be, my friend. Kentucky in the building. Glad I catch you live. Thank you, Vanita, from Phoenix, Arizona, Indianapolis in the building. Hello from Dallas. What's up? What's up? Hello. Hello. West Palm, Florida. She uh, pale. Miss Bell. Miss Pale. How you doing? Uh, West Palm, Florida in the building. We got next question. Divine 15 says, hey, coach, how do I stop feeling so insecure about myself around other women? I can't shake this feeling. Tips on how to boost confidence mentally and physically. Well, you understand that God has a unique uh, beauty 
that he made you in and uh, and everyone else is, is made differently. You have to understand that you are also in the batch or uh, exclusively <clears throat> a daughter of God that was fearfully and wonderfully made. And so we understand the comparison is a thief of joy. You got to look yourself in the mirror and say, I love how God made me. See, I had this big forehead. I wasn't the most um, um, categorized back in my day as the most handsome guy, but I still carried myself confidently because I knew um, who I was. And I, when I got older, my mid-20s, early to mid twenties, my confidence was intact because I knew that uh, what a person offers is more than just looks. And, and so when you, when you understand that um, um, you are fearfully and wonderfully made that God made you uniquely and that, and that you are one of a kind, then you'll walk like that. And, and that's what helped me. Um, insecurity is, is a root issue based upon what has, who has spoken over your life, what words you may have believed, um, and comparison. You just got to compare yourself to who you was yesterday. The only two people that you should be comparing yourself to that leads to progression is comparing yourself to yourself and comparing yourself to Christ. And then you'll be like, you know, I got always got room to improve. But when you compare yourself to who you was yesterday, you will always improve as well. Now, um, the reason why you can't shake this feeling is because you don't have facts about who you are to God. Uh, uh, um, you are, like I said, uh, made for such a time as this. You're unique. You're one of a kind. And when you really believe that and really forgive those people and forgive yourself uh, in regards to possibly you um, talking so negatively about yourself, that insecurity will, will fade. I have a course on my website, lifework.teachable.com, where I talk about, I have a whole course of insecurities. I'm thinking about turning it into a book down the road, um, but check that course out. It will kind of show you maybe what the root reasons may be and why you are insecure. Uh, but you got to understand all insecurities can be secured in Christ. And that's going into God's word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, seeing what the word of God has to say about who you are, believing it and and and, and re uh, releasing um, all the viewpoints and thought process you may have had against yourself. Now, <clears throat> second part of your question is tips on how to boost confidence. Your confidence is only as, as, as high as your understanding in Christ and who you are in him. Because if you put your confidence in your looks, in your money, in your job, then when those things are affected, you lose confidence. But when your confidence is in Christ and you really know who you are in him and you understand that you are a pilgrim passing through, that your true treasures in heaven, that you were fearfully and wonderfully made by him for a unique purpose and that he has a man. If you, you've seen that you're a lady, he has a man that's going to love you holistically. He's not going to look at you and compare you with other women. And you have to trust that God has that stuff in you, but your confidence has to be in him. If your confidence in anything else, your confidence will, will, will be uh, vulnerable. And, and so you boost it by first writing down all the negative things you view about yourself and write down every negative thing that a person may have said about yourself. I want you to write down all the things you may have heard that is contributing to your low self-esteem or insecurities. Then I want you to go into God's word and find all the contradictory scriptures against those vain thoughts about yourself. And then I want you to write in the next column, new positive affirmation that you need to say over yourself, that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am beautiful. I am God's daughter. I am I am a one of a kind. I am a special. You see what I'm saying? And begin to reverse engineer those negative thoughts so that you can really see yourself in light of Christ, the, the scripture. So you'll be able to say, you know what? Uh, 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 why am I wasting my time um, talking negative about God's creation? Come on, man. God made you. 
right? And if there's anything externally about you that's contributing to your low self-esteem insecurity that you can change, like weight or whatever, then go to the gym. Do what you got to do to change it. Um, but you boost your confidence in knowing what the word of God says and what Christ says about you, what his word says about you, and, and anchoring yourself on that because he's immovable. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. How he views you is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But if you anchor yourself in everybody else's worldview and point of view about what beauty is, then your then your uh, perception of your beauty will vain because you don't have the the figure that she has, you don't have the hair that she has, and you robbing yourself of joy. And joy is your strength, and that joy is found in the presence of God. So get into the presence of God uh, and and get your disciplines up and get in there and get in that word and find out who you are, and then you will begin to see over time those symptoms fade because you find a source of your uniqueness and the source of your beauty. Hope to help my friend, my friend. Favorite one says with all that is going on with the world, should I still prepare for a spouse? Yeah, you prepare for the purpose. <clears throat> prepare for purpose. Continuously prepare for purpose and if there's a and and if I want to say if, but the person that God has in accordance to your purpose, you do you all you got to do is focus on the person of God uh, person development and purpose development, and the rest will add itself in accordance. But do man, listen. Um, um, uh, uh, this is not the first time something like this happened. This actually ain't even the worst of what has happened in history. We've had uh, bluponic plagues. We had plagues. We had all kinds of stuff in life, and people kept going. So just because this may be the first major thing that you've experienced in your life. People experience things probably 10 times more worse, maybe not as sinister as well. I go get in my conspiracies, but but it's not as bad. You know what I'm saying? So what I would do is keep pursuing Christ, keep personal development and continue to pursue your purpose and and keep preparing for your purpose, because in preparing for your purpose, you're preparing for the person that God wants to partner with you to fulfill the purpose that he has for both of y'all to do. So to answer your question in short, keep preparing as a wife, keep preparing for that person, but ultimately preparing yourself um, to be a person of purpose so that you'll be able to recognize your person that will help uh, y'all purposes co-align and, and, and coexist together. Hope they help, family. All right, let's see what we got. Um... Uh... <clears throat> Excuse me. Here we go. Jody Real. What's up, fam? He says, I've been single for almost eight years. During this eight, during these eight years, I haven't given any woman a chance to get close to me. Cool. How will I know when the right woman comes my way so that I will not pass her up? Um, you just got to make sure that you and God are, are tight, that you and God are fellowshipping, because I wouldn't even worry about tomorrow. Just, just embrace the fellowship with the Father now. And then the more you begin to get to know God, the more you, the clearer you'll recognize, recognize, the clearer you are able to recognize the person that God has for you. And so what I would do is continue to stay focused, continue to work on yourself. Don't, thank you so much for giving. I really appreciate that. Don't worry about who's, uh, or if you're going to be able to recognize, just continue to fellowship with the father, get to know him and, and, and get to know yourself, get to know your purpose. And then in time, my friend, in time, you will be able to recognize your person because you're so familiar with the person of God, because <clears throat> the more you fellowship with the father, the more you will be able to recognize what comes from the father, because it will have the residue of the father on it. It will be given to you by him. And so don't worry about the time. Keep doing you stay in focus. Don't worry about how you will respond, because even the Bible says, don't worry about what you will say in that hour. Or in other words, don't worry about what you're going to do in that hour of purpose or that hour or whatever happens. For he'll give you the words to say, he'll give you the purpose, he'll give you the things to do and say at that time, and it'll be like clockwork. So I wouldn't worry too much about 
um, 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 how you will respond if when the one comes, just know that the one has came in Christ and get to know him, and then you'll get to know everything else that's from him. It'll be very clear to you, and you'll be speaking poetry like Adam did to Eve, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. It is what it is, fam. So hope that encouraged you. Hope to help. Keep staying focused. Don't let the women get close to you. Stay focused. Keep producing. Keep doing the things of God, man. And time will, time and the Holy Spirit will prove everything you need to know. Uh, hello from Dallas, Texas. Thank you for watching. Vanita says, Coach, what is your feelings on speaking in tongues and prophesying? Good. And the Bible talks about it. Uh, speaking in tongues is very essential. And the Bible says, build yourself up uh, by praying in the Holy Ghost. Build yourself up. Uh, and praying in the Holy Ghost, uh, the Bible talks about that praying in tongues is um, that that praying in tongues is the Spirit praying through us uh, mysteries, words that we can't comprehend, and, and it's a warfare tactic where the, where devils can't really interpret what's going on. Um, uh, uh, praying in tongues builds your spirit; it's like charging your spirit up. Um, but when it comes to prophecies. Um, all prophecies are supposed to confirm. They're not supposed to tell you something new about yourself. So are those gifts still in operation now? You best believe it. Um, and, and I think it's it's good to uh, um, um, seek those giftings if you got gift of prophecy in you, but make sure that you're disciplined with it, that you're not um, just being like how modern day prophets are looking for attention um, and entertaining spirits that's giving them intelligence and it's not the spirit of God. Um, and um, that's just, that's those are my quick thoughts on that right there. Um, but speaking of tongues is a great asset, man. It builds you, build yourself up in your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. That's one of the scriptures um, that um, praying in tongues is supposed to build you up and all that good stuff. So it's a great benefit. And you can ask the Holy Spirit to uh, uh, um, give you that gift and it will happen. Hello from Kansas. Thank you for watching. <clears throat> Next question. Hey, coach, how do we let go of our personal promise? How do we let go of our personal promises from God and put them on the shelf when things look so far from your promise? I understand. Um, when promises seem far, it's because you're being prepped to be in the person for to be able to uh, manage the promise, right? Uh, um, promises we can't, we shouldn't even focus on. We should praise God in advance. God, I, I'm, I'm honored that 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 I have access to these promises. I'm, I'm honored um, that you have called me to these things, and I'm and I count it a joy that you uh, that you uh, are revealing to me um, that these things will be a part of my life, and you don't idolize it. What you do is is make sure you separate the person from the promise. You separate the person of God from the promises of God so that you won't treat the promises of God like a God and you won't be idolizing it. So the best thing to do is write down a sheet of paper, your heart towards those promises, write on a sheet of paper, your heart towards God, write down a sheet of paper or processing your mind, honestly asking yourself, how would I feel if this doesn't come for another 10 years? These are real questions because if you love the promises more than you do the person that's giving you the promises or told you about the promises, then you won't be able to manage the promises and you will idolize it. You always got to make sure that you love God more than anything, even the things that comes from God, even the things that God desires to give because God won't give it to you if he knows you will make an idol out of it. So what I would do is, is self-assess your heart and look at your heart and ask yourself, is there any idolatry there? Is there any um, a hatred towards God? Is there any type of upsetness? towards God? Um, um, am, am I really content with God? Contentment is, man, contentment is an amazing thing. And each and every one of us should be striving for contentment where we really just love God more than anything. And God, you take however long you want, God, I'm enjoying you. So those are some of the questions you got to ask yourself. Um, 
and keep them on the shelf because you know idolatry is subtle. Uh, and, and when you understand idolatry and you understand how deceptive the heart is, you will put it on the shelf because you do not want to do anything or engage anything that, that will affect your relationship with God in a way that hinders your flow, hinders your focus, and hinders you developing fruit. So look forward to it, but don't but but don't look, don't make that where your eyes are totally. What I would do is, God, what you have, what is your promises for today? God gave you and promises you sweet sleep. He promised you life and life more abundantly. Embrace the promises that you have access to right now as God prepares you to be the person to be able to um, um, receive the promises of the future. Hope they help. Michelle, what's going on? You're so welcome. Hey, from Los Angeles, what's going on, CC? In, oh, okay. You got another part of your question. Also, do you believe that God picks someone for us that we are able to ask for signs of who that person is? Um, I wouldn't worry about sign. The Bible talks about a perverse and wicked generation looks for a sign. Um, and I'm not saying that you're perverse or wicked, but that the culture is that it, it becomes wicked at its core because we're almost saying like, um, 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 God, give me a sign to prove what you said is real. And God saying my word, but he said the sun and the moon still, still in operation from what I said, let there be thousands of years ago. Everything is still being sustained by my words that are spoken. My words are credible enough. Right. And so what I would do is I wouldn't worry about the person. I wouldn't worry about the signs. I wouldn't worry about anything because demons send signs too. you know, counterfeits come in signs, too. And if you are one dimensional in how you receive intel when it comes to outside of God, then you would be more susceptible to falling into deception, being deceived and thinking goosebumps is a sign, thinking that if he wears his color suit, it's a sign that if she walks like this is a sign. And then you will be more preoccupied on the signs versus the signs of the times so that you will be able to understand. I shouldn't be focused too much attention in that. I got to prepare myself because right now whether you believe it or not, we are in those last days and we should be more so observing the signs of the times so that we can prepare accordingly to make sure that we're like the five wise virgins that has enough oil in our lamps and not like the five unwise who don't have no oil. And then when the bridegroom come and it's time to go, they don't have enough oil in their lamps. So what I would do is don't worry about the signs of a spouse or the signs of promises. Just focus on the signs of the times and, and the signs that the Holy Spirit is giving you in preparation and in, in, in developing yourself to be prepared for um, the evils of our day. <clears throat> uh, also, do you believe that God picked someone for us that we are able to ask for? I wouldn't worry about any of that. I wouldn't look for no prophet to give you a sign. I wouldn't worry about just know that God will let you know, because sometimes God don't tell us certain things because we're not mature enough to handle uh, uh, what he has spoken. I was reading today in my time with God, uh, with John the Baptist's dad and how the angel mute him. And I thought I said, did the angel mute him because he was in doubt and that words are so powerful? He was like, let me shut this man up before he mess up something. Not saying that you can mess up the plans of God, but I don't want him to make him. I don't want I don't want him talking and making his wife feel doubtful. I don't want him talking and, and maybe name the child the wrong name. And so what I'm saying is it, I'm not saying it happens to you, but it made me think in my study. But at the same time, you have to ask yourself. Maybe God's not letting me know what I would like to know because I'm not mature enough to really know it. And maybe that is what it is, what it is. Sean M says, hey, coach, why didn't God give the devil a second chance? Um, the devil is in perpetual rebellion. Um, his heart doesn't want to change. Um, anytime that you see heaven and know God in his presence and you still choose to go, he's not going to give him no second chance. 
And uh, the devil doesn't want to repent. The devil doesn't have goals to repent. Um, and it is what it is. Um, and uh, he doesn't want it. Pride. That's how dangerous pride is and how we're, and how strong rebellion is. And if you look at our culture today, what are the two main things that are dominant in our culture now? Pride and rebellion. And that's the blueprint DNA of the devil. And he doesn't want a second chance. It's not that God. I'm not saying God wanted to give him a second chance. I'm just saying the devil. Let's put it on him. The devil just don't want a second chance. <clears throat> and he won't. He's in perpetual rebellion. And, and it's pretty much too late for old dude. Hope that answered your question. Hope that made sense to you. Uh, MD says, Miss D says, can you break down the levels of inner circles? Great. You've mentioned this before about Jesus had the crowd, the 70, the 12, and the two, something like that. So specifically, uh, uh, what's the difference, the two and the 12? Great question. Um, well, I learned how to move by, by watching how Christ moved. And I think it's imperative that we understand how he moves so we can move in accordance. Uh, but let's break down those numbers. Um, in Jesus' day, in Jesus' uh, three years of ministry, he had those different levels of, of people associated with him. He had the Pharisees. He had the crowd. He had the 70. He had the 12. He had the three, right? The, the Pharisees, we all going to have are those haters, people that just going to be just mad at you. You're a threat to their establishment, depending on what level of ministry you operate in. Um, even at your job, if you walk in a certain level of excellence, people get envious and jealous of you and they try to make it. But that was your Pharisees and you got to keep it moving. Right. Um, the 70 or the crowd were the people that just followed Jesus and they just wanted chicken sandwiches. That's all they wanted. They wanted manna. Uh, they had they wanted manna McDoubles. They just wanted manna McDoubles and they wanted they wanted miracles, but they didn't really want him. They wanted they wanted uh, what he was able to do versus what he was able to do genuinely through them in that salvation. Um, the 70 was the people that were in ministry. That can be congregants. That could be people that you impact, people that follow you in ministry or people that are just associates. Right. And, and, and those people were the same people that followed him for a while. And then when he started preaching those hard sayings, they started backing up. The 12 represents those people that will build life with you to a degree. Uh, people that come and go and that will build life and be very careful because in every 12, there's the Judas. So you have to be very careful. Now the two or the three that you're talking about represents the people who were able to handle all of him. Not necessarily all of him, but hear what I'm saying. These were the three that he brought to the mountaintop and transfigured in front of them. And your three, you, if you have more than three close friends. You may have uh, uh, friends, but we're talking about close friends. The top level friends, the four to 12 might be more, they, they're a mixture of friend and associate. Um, they're cool, but they're not cool enough to be transfigured in front of. But the three solid friends, three to five solid people are those individuals that you can really be yourself around and without judgment. Um, you can really transfigure and show your heart that those people are down for you. And so there's three circles in life that I wrote in one of my books, and I forgot what it was. Those are your comrades. Those are not your comrades. Those are your champions. Those are your comrades. And those are your carriers, right? And so those three different circles that we all have in life, and they're different from what we just gave right here. But so I kind of broke that down for her and for y'all so y'all could be able to comprehend. But the three circles are the champions. You have a circle of champions. These are people who are mentors, people who hold you accountable. Champions are people who have already won the battles that you are fighting in and they're able to guide you. They're able to counsel you. Those are your circle of champions. Who are those three people or so who are able to speak into you, hold you accountable, help you help guide you. Your circle of comrades are your three, three to five brothers or sisters who are able to hold your arms up and help you stay focused and, and pursuing your purpose. Your three carriers, as you get older, you have three 
or mentees, people that you pour into. Uh, but those people you don't bring into the comrade circle because one thing I learned in ministry, people who want to be up under you are some of the people that only want to be up under you because of everything else is up under you and they just want to benefit from your nest. Right. And so you got to watch out for those. But but basically um, your inner circle got to be tight. Um, you got to make sure that you are not the sharpest one in your circle. Make sure that y'all are all are irons and that y'all all are sharpening each other. Um, real inner circle friends are not invested in your life or, or not are, are not so invested in life that they're living vicariously through you. Real friends are people who are focused on their purpose, but will be there for you on the drop of a dime. The real friends are people that tell you about yourself. Real friends will correct you in love. Real friends will love you through thick and thin. And, and we got to understand what true friends are because Unfortunately, we got all the, we got 12 friends and wonder why we got Judas's and we got, uh, we get so caught up in, we get so caught up in the crowd and we did the crowd loves. They just love you for the gift. Or you get so caught up by people on Facebook and everywhere caught up with the Pharisees, y'all going back and forth and you ain't no benefit to anyone. And so what I'm saying is let God reveal to you, um, um, who your friends are. And, and let him select it. So that's that's my quick kind of buzzwords advices. And I hope that gave some information for you. Uh, but Jesus was wise. He was like, yo, you know, I really got three that I really transfigure in front of and, and let Christ select your friends, man, or use discernment. And when it comes to friend selecting so that you're not selecting somebody that's really not whose heart's not 50. But you got to love yourself enough. People who, who are desperate for friends are people who are not in love with themselves. I'm so content with God. I don't really need new friends. It's not that I don't want new friends. I don't need new friends. I'm so content in God and my wife and my family. I'm straight. Anybody else that God brings, they, they, that's cool. But I'm not out here like, man, I need friends. I'm straight. And the friends that I do have are legit. But what I'm saying is I'm not so... Oh, I need more. I'm content in God, man. That's where, That's who your real friend is. That's your number one. And oh, Jesus had a one too. And he went to the mountaintop and talked to the father often. So he had his one, he had his three. That's important. He had one, he had his one who was the father. He had his three who he was, his, his, his boys. He's able to transfigure in front of him. He had the 12 people that were just, you know, associates, cool, helped out, did, do, whoop, whoop. And then he had the 70 that he impacted closely. And then he had the crowd and such. But he had the one. The one is the most important one. And that's the father. And that's that's the that's the order that he was trying to reveal to us to to help us not fall into these traps of Judas's. Hope to help. Sean M says, I have a business. I feel like God has given me a vision for it. That's great. How do I make sure I'm not doing this in my own vein, but doing it the way God wants me to? Simple, not simple, but hear me. I don't want to say it because I may be at a place where it's simple for me and I don't want to talk arrogantly. Um, I'm not arrogant in my heart, but I don't want to say it in a way that makes it easier than what it may be for you. But hear me out. Uh, the Bible says in Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your understandings, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and make your path straight. If you operate that formula, you won't have to worry about anything. You just got to always assess where areas in my heart do not trust God right now. Because business is going to reveal what areas you don't trust God in when money comes or when opportunities come or whenever you got to you got to say, do I trust God in every area? Do I trust God? Um, and, and when money comes, do I trust God when money is not there? So you got to look at your heart and say, do I trust God with all my heart or, or am I endeavoring to? I don't think that we'll perfectly get to that place because it's always changing based upon new additions. When you get married, you got to learn trusting God in the marriage. When you have children, you got to learn how to trust God with kids. So no matter what phase in life, you're going to learn how to give that all to him. But right now in business, you got to say, OK, what area in my heart does not fully trust God 
Uh, and I gotta, I gotta really assess that. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. First off, trust in the Lord. You gotta let Him be Lord. He, your business idea is not yours. You may have your name on it. You may file it with the state. You may, you know, do whatever. But that's God's business. And what I mean by that, everything in our lives that comes through our lives, we are stewards of. So would you understand that everything is from the Lord? Everything is the Lord's in the fullness thereof, right? We're just stewards of it. You see what I'm saying? We're just stewards of it. When you understand that he's the Lord, you will let him lead that business. He's really, you may be CEO, you may be whatever, but he's really the leader and you acknowledge him as that. You don't do business as if y'all are partners like this. Everything we do at Christ is not we're here together. It's this. It's never this. It's this. And when you process it like that, you'd be like, bet I will acknowledge him in all my ways because this is his business. And trust me, when you let Christ um, um, handle, uh, uh, when you let Christ lead the business, oh man, you 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 make more money. You are more successful. What I mean by make more money, you're more effective. You're more efficient. Your business will be more prosperous and successful because he will teach your hands how to profit. You will develop strategies and you will get it from God and you will move. But if you Start assessing your heart now and positioning your heart to trust him. Really look up scriptures about him being Lord and the benefits of him being the Lord of our lives and really assess what areas of your heart does not trust in him and, and, and learn and start practicing, not leaning on your own understandings, but investigate everything, process, your, uh, audit your worldview, audit the way you view things. You see what I'm saying? I'm going to get my fan. I'm getting a little warm. Um, just um, process it and then acknowledge him. God, is this what I should do? What should I name it? What should, how should I do this? What do you think we should do? And don't move. Don't move until you got a, got peace from God. Um, but you know yourself. But I would just check yourself right now and just really be honest with yourself and say, you know, these are the things that could possibly get in the way from this really being Christ's business and me being a good steward over it. Uh, but if you practice that and pace yourself and not and understand that business is like a child. Um, and you can't don't have unrealistic expectations of it. Just flow with God. Easier said than done, but just flow with God. God, I'm doing this with you. But if you start like that from the beginning and you check your heart to make sure it's not impulsive and, and you can do that by really writing down your desired outcomes. Why do, why do you feel like God wants you to do this? What is the ultimate objective? What's the ultimate goal? What glory will he get from it? Start assessing it so that you've went before you even started, you building it on the right foundation of God getting the glory from it and that you're going to be guided by him and that you're going to be a steward over it. That's the best advice I can give you, my friend. Michelle Miller says, fasting. If you're going multiple days, do you only go up to a certain number of hours of fasting and come off or do you stay on until the days are complete and then come off? Well, there's two types of fasting, um, fasting because God tells you and fasting for health purposes. But honestly, I typically um, uh, uh, put it through God's table first before I do it. You just got to study fasting. Um, see, I intermittent fast. I eat within a six hour window. That's what I do daily. Um, but I don't just typically just say I'm going on a five day water fast. I'm going to go and drink water. I don't do that unless God gives me the grace to do it. Um, there's health benefits. You can do it. But I just say when it comes to those kind of fasts, be led by God. You just all determine, determines what kind of fast you are doing. Um, but if God is leading you to it, then enjoy it and do it. But study up on it so you'll know what to do 
when certain um, um, pains or when it because when you fast and toxins come out and you're going to have headaches, you're going to have all these different things and you'll be at peace because you're knowledgeable. Uh, but uh, God will guide you on that. But look, no matter what fast you are doing, uh, um, Dr. Axe is my, the person I, I like uh, learning from when it comes to health and wellness and food and stuff. So look up Dr. Axe, D-R-A-X-E. And go on his website, type in fasting and see what comes up and learn uh, what's wise and what's not wise to do. And just research, my friend, but ultimately be led by the Holy Spirit. God, don't just be inspired by somebody else's fasting and then you set yourself up to be in danger. People have died in fasts. Um, a man went on a 30, 40 day fast, ate steak the day off his fast, stomach didn't have enough acid and it killed him. So you got to be wise. That's why you got to uh, put everything through the leadership of Christ, my friend. Hope to help. Jabari says, Crockett says, hey, coach, you're one of my inspirations. How do you have, how do you or have you dealt with slow growth in ministry calling? God gets the glory. I'm so glad that what I'm doing is a blessing to you and it's inspiring. God definitely gets the glory, man. Sometimes I wake up and like, how did I get here? <laughs> how do I get here in front of 77 people right now in the live, impacting thousands all around the world? It's it's humbling. So I'm I'm glad that God is utilizing what I do to inspire you. And I hope it's Christ in me um, that's doing that for you. Um, how do you or have you dealt with slow growth in ministry? Realizing that <clears throat> the ministry is God's and God knows my heart more than I do. And 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 most people who are growing fast, but it's probably not grown by God. See, when I, one thing I learned, see, I, listen, I'm just giving y'all real rap. Um, I've been behind the scenes of a lot of these people's ministries. I've went to school with some of their children, their kids, went to ORU with some of them. Um, I've been around, been behind the scenes of a lot of people's ministries. Some of these people that are big right now, I, I went to school with. I, I, I know, I'm not saying I know everything about them, but... Um, I just, I just know game. I know game. And so many people have to compromise to get their ministry to a certain level. Not all ministry. Some people are sound, solid, and they're big and they're thriving and it's God's blessing them. But um, mostly if they're in your face a lot, um, it's probably not God. And I'm not sitting there saying all of them, they're in your face, none of God, but most people that are always in your face, always in your face, always in your face. You have to understand who controls the airwaves. He's the prince of the air. Um, and so if there's always, if you always hear them, you've always see them and they're and they're always flashing. They're always in front of you. Don't compete with them. Only, don't, there should be no competition in ministry, but don't get so caught up in why is my ministry not growing? Because God's processes are always slower than Satan's. Satan grows his things quicker than God grows them um, because that's why it's genetically modified. Many people's ministries are genetically modified. If you want an organic ministry, think 40 years. I'm 12 years in ministry right now. You see, I'm just at 56,000 subscribers. I'm not really as big as other people. Um, <clears throat> and and that, I'm great. Back in the day, um, it was tough for me, fam. But But now I'm good because I know my heart. I know God's heart and I trust and I care about y'all's hearts and, and I'm going with the flow. And so my advice to you, my friend, is to do what he tells you to do. My ministry is not sexy, man. I don't I don't give y'all a bunch of hype. I don't give y'all sermon illustrations. I don't I don't wear tight suits and V-necks and skinny jeans. You know what I'm saying? I barely cut my hair. But what I do is I give you worksheets, I give you that word, and that's not going to grow as fast. If you if you if you get as close to Christ as possible. It's not that you won't have growth. Don't worry about growth. Work, worry about impact. 
And we're not talking about influence because everybody got influence, but not everybody got impact. Not everybody got impact. Impact means, wow, that person's anointed because my yokes are being destroyed. The Bible said, the Bible doesn't say it's a talent that destroys the yoke. It's the anointing that does. And so if you really care about ministry in its, in its sincerity, in its, in its purity, understand that you are a pilgrim passing through, um, that you're doing it for God ultimately, and that and that um, promotion comes from the east to the west. And ultimately, man, I wouldn't worry about it. So how do I deal with it? Realizing, first off, I know game. Um, secondly, I, I trust God and I don't want to go no further than God wants me to go. And so I'm straight. And But the thing is, you got to find out, what God, what is the ministry you want me to do? And master it, honor it, master it. Be sincere, be genuine. Don't see people as numbers. Don't see them as money, dollar signs. And um, enjoy the the slow growth because, man, listen. <laughs> which what's what are the best meals? The meals that are microwave or the meals that's cooked in the oven or the crock pot? The best meals cooked are cooked the longest. If you want processed ministry, then be packaged. You have the package and all that stuff and be microwavable. But if you want to be good for the soul, good for the spirit, real, authentic, genuine ingredients with no preservatives, all purity, then you got to be a slow cooker, my friend. And, and what I realize is when it's my time, it's my time. I do not want to be promoted um, quicker than my maturity level. Um. But slow growth is the best growth because you learn more about yourself and you're able to make mistakes without many people seeing it. Um, so how do I deal with it? I just trust God. I love God, man. I do it for him. And um, and my time is coming. And I don't even want a big ministry like that, man. I, I still want to be able, I want to be a country boy out here in the fields, enjoying my life, doing lives and whatever I do to bless God's people and get out the way because I want him to be lifted up. I don't want to lift myself up. And so let him promote you. You'll be good, my friend, my friend. And, and don't worry about influence in a big platform because I'm probably impacting more people at this level than people who have big ministries. Because real success is not measured by how big a church is. Real success is measured by the souls that are actually saved because of one's ministry. These people got big ministries, but they're all about the fluff. They're all about the, the flash, but they're not about the fundamentals. They're not really growing the people. Focus on growing God's people. My favorite verse um, man, what is it? I was reading this morning. It's one, it's one of my favorite verses. Um, it was in, uh, where was I? And I was in Luke today. And uh, where was I at? Because I'm going to find it. It was, uh, man, where was I? It was basically the verse that says, um, uh, present to the Lord a people prepared. That's what I'm here to do, to present to the Lord people prepared. That's my heart. I want to prepare God's people to be used by God. And if you keep your heart pure towards God and let God grow you slow, you'll realize you have wider impact, my friend. Let your roots grow first. Don't worry about growing your branches. Don't worry about growing fruit. Grow roots and you'll be good, my friend. Sean M says, if me and a guy that I messed with before stopped talking, should I still deal with this family? Me and his mom was really close. And lately I've been dissing myself. Am I wrong? Um, I'm not really sure um, on that. That's a great question um, because it could be based upon nuance. Um, if you and the mom, cool. You and the mom, cool. Um, I probably won't go so hard with the friendship. 
um, maybe it may be wise to take some time away to kind of heal. Um, um, I would still be cordial with her. Um, I would still, um, I wouldn't, I would, I, the relationship have to mod be modified, um, because ultimately that's her son. But if I, I probably would just minimize the relationship, I'm not really sure. And what I mean, but I'm not really sure. I'm just, I never really had that kind of question before. I don't mess with none of my ex's moms. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't be calling and checking up on them. Um, nor do I want to, but, um, but if y'all were close and I'm just a dude, so maybe that's different. Um, but if you're a lady, I, I don't know. And I don't want to give advice on something I'm not quite sure about. Um, so I would just, the wisest thing that I can think about in the, in the moment is to modify your relationship where you're not so caught up with them that you start catching feelings again. Only you know what y'all's relationship is built on. If y'all relationship was solely built on the sun, then I might want to take some steps back. But if y'all had your own thing going on and y'all and, and he was brought up very minuscule in the conversation y'all had, then maybe there's some wisdom, but the Holy Spirit has the answer. I don't really know. I, I don't have a definitive, damn, that's what you should do. Uh, but the Holy Spirit does. And I will let him lead and guide you to all the truth, my friend. Uh, Mimi says Nigerian man got married to him so he can get a green card. Why does he keep asking me to marry him when he's already married? Um, well, if he's already married, I just leave him alone completely. You know, you, who knows why? I mean, I'm Nigerian. I know how Nigerian man can be, um, uh, you know, and, and, you know, some, some of them got issues. Uh, so I would just leave him alone. First off, you married, bro. And, and, and that's it. So I would leave him alone. I would just, just leave this man alone because any man that's asking to marry him and he got a wife, you just got to leave him alone. And maybe he's trying to use you to get a, a purple card. I don't know what other cards, levels to these cards. I don't know what it is. And maybe she's not down with it. Maybe she, uh, maybe he has to have a wife, wife. So I would just leave him alone completely. I got time for one more and I'm out of here. Uh, thanks coach. And also, what do you think of people creating vision boards? One more question. No problem. Divine 15. Um, my question is nothing wrong with vision boards. As long as you, as long as you got Christ on it, as long as you got a real vision board is what God envisions in you and, and utilize, utilizing that as a reminder to keep God, keep Christ in the vision. If, 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 if everything else is there, but Christ and about a living life for him, then that vision board is in vain uh, because you may be able to have those things in life, but you don't want to have those things without the life giver. You don't want those things in your life without true life and life more abundantly. So as long as on that vision board is everything focusing you on um, being a good steward for Christ, um, growing your relationship with Christ, uh, being a, a well-armed, disciplined soldier for Christ, uh, and then you should be good. And if it, it, and there's nothing wrong with vision board, just making sure it doesn't keep as long as it, as long as it's not keeping you from keeping Christ in your vision, if that makes sense. Last but not least, uh, Natasha Renee says, my boyfriend wants to move in together. Nope, don't do it. I have some doubts, but I love him. It's been seven months. How do I move the thoughts? First off, what does the word of God say? Um, it doesn't say um, men and women it says when a man, uh, um, a man should leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife not cleave and stay with a woman. And so what I would do is that's not, he's not, he's, he's, that's right. He's a boy. Uh, no boy, no man will move in with a woman. A man marries a woman and then moves her in. A boy wants to move in with a woman because he wants to be nurtured and breastfed. And so he, if he, if he wants you to move in together, he, he does not really love you. He doesn't care about you. Oh, his love towards you is very immature, but ultimately it's definitely immature if it's not rooted in the things of God. So what I would do is let him go. Um, or just have a conversation with him and say, you know what, that's just that. See, well, see where his heart is. Um, and and y'all only been dating for seven months. You don't know him. 
and, and you want to live with a guy that you only known for seven months, uh, seven months ain't long enough for you to know a person. It really is not, especially if you're already talking about staying with each other. Um, it's not wise to shack up. It's not wise to stay together. Um, um, it's just not wise because you open yourself up for more um, sins to be av available. That you're going to you're going to you're going to have sex. It, it, you, there's no possible way two attractive people attracted to each other staying in the same house ain't going to try to be up under some sheets. And it is what it is. And so what I would do is is realize that that man is not ready for you because no man of God is going to ask you to move in with him without no ring. And you want to share a roof with someone that does not have any proof of maturity to be the man that needs to, that he needs to be to be your husband. There's levels to this. You go from boy you go from a boy, from being a boy to being a man and from a man to being a husband and a husband to being a father. And 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 those things happen before you have them. You see what I'm saying? You don't transition until, you're, until, you're, until you actually have the traits of the thing that you're transitioning into. Um, so if he wants to move in with you, he has a self-centered love towards you. And this, uh, all I can do is give you pearls. All I can do is give you wisdom. What you do from here, that's on you. But I, but I, but if you need confidence not to do it, you got to love yourself, my friend. You got to look yourself in the mirror and say, you know what? I, I deserve better than this. I don't care what your past was. I don't care what the past dudes did to you. I don't care what your pops did to you. I don't care what happened. And ladies, I don't care what happened. You don't, you do not uh, devalue yourself to a level of bringing a boy into your house and sharing a roof with a man that's not your husband. And so how do you remove the thoughts is that you, that your love is infatuation. It's not true love. You, you can't love. We grow into love. You don't know. You don't love this man because you don't know this man. And, and he's giving you glaring red flags, right? And it's letting you know that he's not, he's not ready to, uh, because that's, that's, that cheapens you. He gets he gets those benefits without the requirements. So you mean to tell me he gets to see you walking around in your boy shorts? He gets to see you walking around the house naked. He gets to have sex with you with no commitment. He gets to do these things without meeting any requirements. You know your business shouldn't be that cheap. If 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 the Seven Eleven and the Quick Trip do interviews, you should do interviews too. If is Seven Eleven out there giving benefits to employees is not hired by them? No. If, if gas stations don't give benefits until people meet requirements, why are you giving those benefits to this man and he ain't met no requirements of God? Not even, we're not even talking about your requirements, we're talking about God's requirements, my friend. And so in, in my honest opinion, this is what I would do. I would let him go. And like you say, he's a boy. And uh, he shouldn't even, he should just be, you should take the friend off of that and just leave him as a boy because no man will move in with you until he's your husband. And that's my advice on that. But I got some books and resources for y'all because I got to go. It's almost midnight here. My first book, Unplug, Top Things to Unplug From. Those books are available. This book, <laughs> all my books are available on my website. I got my first children's book, As He Says, As for the Students I Serve, a great book for children, great book for kids, um, great resource that is also available on my website, imunplugged.com. I'll go ahead and post the link right now so that you'll be able to go ahead and uh, go to that website and all different types of uh, uh, resources and tools are there. I got my book, The Purpose of Singleness, Are You Whole or Full of Holes? A great book for those who are looking to understand their singleness more. I got this book called Dating Prep, um, How to Date Yourself and Love of Your Life Forever. And it also has a card game that you that's sold separately. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. And a uh, card game that you can also get on my website as well. Um, there's three levels to it. You can... um. 
uh, it's the cloud phase. Y'all just met the cement phase. Relationships getting real. The corporation phase. Y'all actually building something together. And all the questions that are in uh, in the card game are in the book. So there's some uh, nuggets there. But there's also areas for you to write your answer down and his answer down, her answer down, so y'all can see if y'all supposed to be together, etc. Got this book on spiritual warfare called World War Me, How to Win the War Within. Great book right here with some scriptures in the back for you to help you get through some things. I got The Purpose of Freedom, a book on soul ties, how to untie soul ties or strongholds. That book's available on my website as well. Also got another card game that I left on my desk in the uh, other room um, called Memory Muscle. It's a fun way to memorize scripture. But all those tools and resources are on my website. Let me show you the website there. And so you can kind of um, make sure it's the right one. Give me one second. There we go. Uh, so let's share the website right quick. And so uh, here's my website right here. And uh, also for those who are looking to search for worksheets, you can, we got a search box there now. Um, we got a kids mentoring program. See my, as he says, book there. These are the kids we actually mentored. If you want to help support that, you can give towards that. Um, we also got online course. I got three courses online for you. I got um, uh, in, a course on insecurities a course on procrastination, and of course, the Purpose Singleness course. Also, this is where you can order all the books on Amazon. Uh, we also got t-shirts. A lot of people don't know that we got merch. So you can actually uh, get merch on my website as well. We got uh, I'm Worth the Weight shirts. We got uh, Are You Whole or Full of Holes. We got Unplugged shirts. Got all shirts there as well. Um, if you want to book me for an event, I would love to be there. This was a dope event. I spoke in front of the top 100 um, basketball players back in 2016. And also, if you want to donate, support what I do on a channel and, and whatever it is, what I do in ministry, you can do that as well. Also, if you need one-on-one coaching um, in all these other tabs, you can learn more about what we do, podcasts, books, card games. If you need one-on-one coaching, let me know. I'm open this summer. Uh, the slots are filling up. So they're not full yet, but it's, it's, about to, it's about to get full. So if you want to talk to me one-on-one and you want some one-on-one coaching, man, I would love to help you. All you got to do is just simply hit book session. And um, scroll down, put your name, put your email, what kind of coaching you need, whether it's spiritual coaching, personal development coaching, values, self-esteem, whatever it is, and put your budget of what you can do per hour or so. And uh, whatever you're able to do per hour, if, if, if depending on your budget, I would determine if it's going to be 30 minutes, 45 minutes or an hour. But let me know what your best budget is, and I would love to serve you. Um, but that's all I got, y'all. I love y'all. Everything's on my website. I'll see y'all again tomorrow. We got something special for you. Um, so be on the lookout. Make sure you got the notification, um, post notifications on. Um, we got something special dropping tomorrow, and we'll love, uh, love you to be a part of it. Love you guys. See y'all next time. Peace.